2: Good afternoon
0: and uh,
1: happy hump day here on the Lori and Julia show my talk 1071, everything
2: entertainment. It's a little gloomy, a little rainy. It's coming down. So we'll uh, we'll do our best to brighten up your afternoon. I know, damn it. We don't want any rain in the, mm. the, the last days of the happiest month of the year, July, <laughs> damn it. Oh. Hey, Honestly. Oh no, it was the talk of the gym. What you was? know that next week will be August 1st. Just like people are like in a panic. About things they want to, you know... Get s- done before the summer's yeah, over. Yeah, summer and- things that they have. My one friend, I haven't even been on a picnic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying
2: to think of the last time I've been on a picnic. Yeah,
0: well, you know... Can you think of the last time you've even... I sat on the ground. Yeah, no, I
2: can think of the last time I was you at can? a picnic. Yeah, just last Saturday. Oh, you no, were at a picnic no. at a park and everything? Uh, at uh, at a lake, at Island Lake. Mm-hmm. good. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody right. had chairs, and we had a fire going, and right. we had pontoon rides, and yeah, it was. was it at neck. someone's cabin? No, it was oh. like at a, like at a park, kind of a situation. Oh, at a state park. Okay, oh, I yeah. Was thinking, okay, that was I
0: I can't believe Tim Gunn hasn't called me for the pontoon, <laughs> the pontoon <boat>
2: ride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm really mad at you him. You come
2: on strong. I think yeah. I did that. You night come too. on
0: strong, and and I think, and maybe he, he
2: thought maybe she Just making
0: a pass at me. Yeah,
2: exactly. You scared him. <laughs> I probably did when
0: I. Looked into his eyes. Have you ever been on a pontoon boat, Rag? Oh I'd like you to
2: come to my cabin. Okay, so I tweeted this photo out if you follow us at Lori Julia. And I saw all kinds of people. I mean, the it, it, New York Times, Amy Klobuchar, all kinds of people were tweeting this photo. It's, in, it's at, at the StarTribune.com, but the New York Times picked up and ran the story. So this, it's a one mama duck Yep, with 76 ducklings. Trailing her behind her. in a row, like a long. Because that's how they row. do it. Yeah, and what it, lake is it? It's at Lake Bemidji, and <gasps> it's a, it's an amateur wildlife photographer, and the photographer said, "I didn't know a duck could care for that many chicks." It's you will see sometimes twenty or thirty. I mean, I've never seen that, but I guess that is. There's one see- mama duck? Can she? She can't no, have that many. No, no, no. And and an ornithologist. Am I saying that right, Donnie? Ornithologist. Thank you. At Yale University, told the reporter from the New York Times, "This is an extraordinary sighting. It's been shared among bird conservationists and featured on the National Audubon Society website because oh. it's a somewhat of a common phenomenon in nature. And the mama is a common." Merganser, which is okay. a duck found on freshwater lakes. We see them all the time yeah, in Minnesota. We do. Females can lay like a dozen eggs. But in a twist, common mergansers okay. don't incubate only their eggs. Experts say other females often dump their eggs in the nests of other birds in an effort to spread out their offspring and increase the chances of survival. So Just no intuitively,
0: one, the they know women and, ducks know this. Yeah,
2: because okay? an individual hen could not lay fifty eggs. So why is she caring for seventy six ducklings? If you look at this photo, she's, yeah, which I did. Some birds, including common mergansers <laughs> and ostriches, raise their babies in a daycare system that's called a crèche. Nice French word for cradle. Yeah, and in a crèche, females leave their ducklings in the care of one female, often an older female who's experienced at raising babies. Oh, this is from the Minnesota this DNR. Is so sweet. The females at Lake Bemidji, many of them are related, lay eggs that hatch around the same time. Afterward, the adults, ducks, go off to molt their feathers, leaving their broods in the care of a matriarchal female. Think of her as sort of the great-grandmother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the mo- they've seen crashes of like 35, 50, but over 70, that would be a very big crash and everybody is saying that this is the mom of the year <laughs> yeah, i would say so how many 78 76 and the photographer said he was on like this eight foot plastic boat that was just going up and down and all this choppy water and he didn't think he got any good shots oh. and the only picture that worked on the whole roll of film was that
1: one. Oh, is that
2: right it's Yay. so cute And yeah, it just, yeah, that was just cute. I was just like, what the heck? I had to send that to my dad, you know, because he knows. I'm
0: taking a picture right now and sending it to my kids. They'll love this.
2: Yeah. And my dad, you know, he took me one time on his um, ATV to a rookery because he was just appalled that I had never been to a rookery. You know, that I'd been an up north girl and been to cabins. And a rookery is... A rookery is an island, a small little island with some stones and some trees. A lot of them are dead trees. And there's all kinds of birds that make a nest there. Cranes, herons, whatever. And so they all live companionably on this little rock formation. So anyway. So, you've been to check that out. Yeah, I know the are now, now, I've seen a crash for We've seen a crash. And oh, so have gosh. You. It's the cutest thing ever. It's really cute. And uh, sad day in Real Housewives of New York City News. Why? Carol Radswell cannot take the frenemy beating, beatdown that's going on between her and Bethany. Bethany this season. I just watched Tuesday night's episode okay. this morning. And I don't think she likes how she's coming off. And she's been on it for, what, maybe five years? And she told, uh, she confirmed, after six seasons, I've decided to do, return to what I do best, journalism producing. I think she, and in her statement, she said, I wanted, I was curious about reality TV, but that's waned. And I'm focusing on TV and writing projects that better suit my more steady temperament. I've worked with amazing producers, made great friends, and I'm thrilled to leave frenemies behind. I will remember this entire experience with delight, humor, and a voracious accuracy. Next.
0: Wait, now, do you love that? And a voracious accuracy?
2: Yeah. Well, no one's going to change the truth. Yeah, I, yeah, and and you know, I, I, and she's very interested in politics, and she worked for ABC for she, a long I time. I think she should leave. I think
0: that that would be something that would make my I'd have diarrhea every day. Yeah, if I was a housewife. Yeah,
2: every day. Well, every they were in Cartagena and on this past Tuesday uh-huh. night, and, and who was who did we last see in Cartagena? Julia, so yeah, romancing the stone, is the last one.
0: Michael time Douglas I've been to Cartagena. and uh, <laughs>
2: Catherine Turner, Kathleen Turner. That's right. Nineteen eighty, like seven. Oh yeah! So I was like, I gotta see the girls in Cartagena. Was it fabulous? Well, uh, no, Bethany, and rightly so. I was disappointed in their their Tinsley arranged the uh, house, and it's not even on the water. And so I was judgy about it. Yeah, and so was Bethany. Yeah, like why are we here? She said, Carol, look at the bottom of your feet. This place is so grimy. And she held up her feet, and they were like dark. Yes. So anyway, but there's uh, Bethany. She's she's hard. She's crying this year, but she and Carol are fighting. And I think Carol is going um, crazy with the drama that's going on between her and Bethany. And also, I think people are yelling at her on Twitter about her very colorful way of dressing. Why? I, you know, last night I think she was dressing Romancing with the Stone. She had uh, People sheer... are yelling at
0: Carol. For... I'm just saying right. that I'm thinking. Like people are picking at her for everything. And she's like, I'm a journalist.
2: I don't need yes. this crap. I rather enjoyed her carnival I... bordello outfit that she had on last night. And I loved her 50s bathing suit with a small, tiny shrug. I'm going to miss Carol. <laughs> Oh, I'm just saying. I liked her because
0: she seemed like she had sense and sensibility and was steady. Yeah. So, yeah, she's just had it. Oh.
2: So, I right. think the episode Tuesday night, she's just like, I'm done. Saw herself, saw the, the whole thing, and she's like realizing how it's going to be played out. And she did. Ain't nobody got time for that. All right, fine. All fine. right, listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Yes, it's coming out this weekend. And you know what is very interesting to me mm-hmm. about the. Okay, so this morning I see an ad. On ABC for Mission Impossible, yes, they have already incorporated Rotten Tomatoes approval of ninety eight percent and the big Chiron across wow. the trailer. They have come on so strong, Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, but here, let me just. Here is okay. the interesting thing. Observation that I make note of is Tom Cruise did and is doing exactly one. Live talk show interview, and that was with Jimmy Fallon on Monday night. Right. He's not doing that I have seen anyone promote. I looked at all the late night people for the rest of the week. I looked Mm -hmm. at the morning show. Henry Cavill is making the rounds of late night and morning, Mm -hmm. morning shows. The two female co-stars, I really haven't seen them anywhere. And it's almost like they know the movie is so good. Don't And Tom, of course, has been talking to the people, you know, at any of the premieres. Like he's very, because those are always, those are at the most a minute 30 that you get to talk with somebody. Maybe a minute. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. So it is just kept to the movie. And so he's done Entertainment Tonight and Access Hollywood. You know, Emily Emberg, you know, she talked to him. But you have such a short amount yeah. like of time. Well, so. you can't
0: ask anything in depth or serious. No.
2: Yeah, so I think it is a it is a complete strategy by uh, the the movie producers and everybody, including Tom Cruise. We we can only send Tom out to one person, and that's Jimmy Fallon, because a they can play games. Yep, because Jimmy Fallon and Tom Cruise have played games before. And Jimmy yep. fawns all over. Jimmy fawns all yep. over them. They did Mad Libs, um, and um, all of the stories with Access Hollywood Extra. I've been watching all of them this week because I'm very curious. Uh, and what started watching them last week, I wanted to see what they all had on Tom Cruise, to a T. Every single story involved the ankle injury. Yep. How much he loves making movies and Top Gun.
0: Hmm.
2: Well, here's the deal. Don't you remember Uh, a couple years ago?
0: Wait. Um, there's an article on Forbes, uh, magazine, in Forbes mag- magazine, how the Mission Impossible s- sequels saved Tom Cruise's careers because after all the fallout and everything. The Mummy. The Mummy. The Mummy was the And best. some of the other big ones, he, he needed this and this is the one study Eddie that's been, you know, a common thread throughout his career, but also that. The other thing that they're mentioning, because he's on the cover of People magazine, and it says, get an inside peek into Tom Cruise's secret life. You don't get anything. All you know is that he sold everything in California, he's got a... Penhouse apartment across the street from Scientology in Clearwater, Florida, and he spends time in London. And he loves all all his
2: children, and each of them has a right to their own story, which is so Xenu-speak. Yeah,
0: and he won't be. Because remember about two years ago when he was doing the rounds, he sent out, you cannot ask me this, you cannot ask me this, you cannot ask me this. Why not have Henry Cavill, who's delicious to look at, who will dish a little bit and has a personality. Tom Cruise has... A, a great one on one personality for a limited amount of things, the movie. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, we have here. So, he, well, and then, like you said, you know, the last hit that Tom Cruise had is 2014, Edge of Tomorrow. Right. So that was. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Movie. That That's was four years ago. Yeah. That was four, you know, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, that didn't do good box Mm-mm. office. Lions for Lambs, that came out in 2017, yeah, No box. Bueno. Yeah. You know, it just was, you know, he just needed this movie and yep. that's all he does is make movies I know. nonstop. So here he is on Fallon. Let's see if he surprises us at all. Okay. I hear, oh, he, Tom broke he broke his
1: ankle or he broke his leg doing this yep. one scene. I go, which scene? There's like, two, there's like 20 moments where you go, that's where he broke his leg. No, that's where, I know. oh no, that's the scene where he broke his leg. Oh I no, know. maybe did he break
2: his leg in this dance hall scene? Was he dancing? I don't know. Where did he break, which one did you break your leg on? Do you remember? It's the easy one, where I'm running, and I jump from one building (laughs) to the next. Yeah, so easy. So easy. So easy. The easy scene. It's the easy
1: scene. Dude,
2: it's the easy one. There's no one, no one does it like you anymore. It's fantastic. I don't know what's real, what's a stunt, what's What is that?
1: Dude, I'm talking about car chases, boat chases, uh, motorcycle chases, running chases. Uh... (laughs) Helicopter chase. Are you kidding me <laughs> yeah. with the helicopter chase? No, I trained for a year and a half to fly the helicopter You trained to, to fly a helicopter <laughs> for this movie? I mean, who did that? <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom, Tom Cruise. Tom
2: Cruise does that. So it was almost like Jimmy was fed all of those things <laughs> yeah. all about all the crashes and whatever. I trained for a year and a half and I will say Henry Cavill got the memo to always talk about stunts because with GMA yesterday, he said he did all of his own stunts except the one where he could have killed Tom Cruise so I'm like Henry is taking a page out mm-hmm. of Tom Cruise
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you remember I mean just to take you back oh. it's been 13 years since he jumped on the couch on the Oprah Winfrey show yeah. and professed his love for Katie Holmes mm-hmm. but this was all during the marketing campaign for War of the Worlds which was oh. a Steven Spielberg movie and you remember how mad Steven, Steven Spielberg because was because he never promoted the movie he had just fired Pat Kingsley his publicist and his, he was using his sister as his publicist and this is when he started talking Scientology
2: Znew Knew. yelled at matt got in the big yep. fight with matt lauer about brooke oh, shields right. and her depression and, pills and it was so awkward watching the kate we talked about it on the show we she were just was, like we were so embarrassed for all of them for all of them oprah got a great get yeah but i was in, i was like oh this but is he cringeworthy
0: was, but he never promoted war
2: of the Worlds. yes you're right. anything we talked about right. didn't spielberg basically come right out yep. and
0: let it be known he was He's, he tanked happy. the movie right yeah. So he, so we have a list of his best and his worst movies. You know, um, the the recent ones were. um, Well, let's look at his his best movies. We're Born on in the Fourth of July. July. I agree. Oh, he should have yeah. won an. He, he should have won, won an, an Oscar. Oscar. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. The Color of no, no. Money. Love that, that movie. Yes. That's with Paul Newman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Guys no, really love yep. that movie. Yep. Magnolia. That wasn't my favorite. No, but I loved how he looked. Yeah, I like it. Okay. A few good men loved. loved. He was excellent. Jerry Maguire, perfect. Loved. Rain Man, perfect. excellent. Mm-hmm. Top Gun, fantastic. Edge of Tomorrow. It was good. Yep, it was good. good. Interview with a vampire, young. Loved. You, you loved did, it? You didn't like that? Uh-uh. Remember I told you I didn't like that? We talked about that two weeks ago. Let's start. No, yeah, I, didn't, I, no I didn't like but that. We oh, had Double Hot Vampire, Brad I, Pitt Vampire and I'm, Tom Cruise in I was 1994. Not, I was not into that. Oh, boy. And then Mission Impossible. And then the it's, first one. Right. The first one, yeah. And now here's what they have for his worst, because we're going to disagree with these. Um, Rock of Ages, yes, that was terrible. I kind of liked how corny it was. <laughs> Endless Love. I don't even remember. I don't even know He's what that
2: is. He's barely in it. Okay. Okay.
0: Cause that was Brooke Shields, yeah, and Christopher something. Atkins. Yeah,
2: Jack Reacher never go back. I thought that was okay. The mummy. Well, there's two Jack Reachers. I right. just saw the first one. Okay. I never saw the never go back.
0: Oh, I didn't either. Okay, okay. I saw the first one. Um, the mummy Terrible.
2: never saw. Never I saw. did. Donnie was as bad as they say. Okay. Okay, losing it. <laughs> don't no ever clue. Remember it. Mission
0: Impossible Two. I know I've seen them all. I liked them all. Okay. Jack Reacher One. Yeah. I liked it. It was fine. Oblivion.
2: Terrible, terrible.
0: Okay, Lions for Lambs. Mm. Didn't even see it. Miscast. That yeah. was where he played Valkyrie, or that. Um, no, 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 no.
1: Lions for Lambs was with uh, uh, Robert Redford. It was a political.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. Story. And Far and Away, which is one of my favorites.
2: <laughs> People, Shannon hate that movie. Shannon? But women loved Far and oh, Away. Oh, Shannon. With Nicole Kidman. Oh, Kidman. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, was yeah. it? Was it? Yeah. Was yes, it? it? Was Nicole Kidman? Oh, Shannon.
0: And they were in Ireland, and yes. he was the poor boy, and she was yes. the rich girl, and they ended up in New York. And yeah. Shannon, where's Risky Business? They forgot that one. The one that started it yeah, all. really. Anyway, I will go see this new Mission Impossible. I think they're good movies. Yeah. You know, they're high energy. Yeah, well, don't forget to see Mama Mia. First. I'm I'm seeing that tonight. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm all right. see that. All Listen, right. Listen,
2: we will be back. We've got a really, really, really good book, Girls' Night Out. We're talking to one of the authors next.
1: This is the My Talk Now trending report. What's happening right now? trending online this afternoon. Chris Hardwick, the TV personality, is returning to The Talking Dead. That is AMC's after show for The Walking Dead. After investigations into his ex-girlfriend, Chloe Dykstra's allegations of abuse have uh, cleared Hardwick to the point that AMC is still going to be working with him. Also, TCA 18 trending. The Television Critics Association is having their annual meeting and lots of TV news trending. Deadwood, a movie based on the HBO show, is going to be happening. And also, a new Jane Fonda documentary Documentary, a live and a life excuse me in five acts is going to air on the network in September and also trending Demi Lovato in what we know see more at mytalk1071.com
2: Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, if you are going um, on vacation, heading up to your cabin or doing something and you want a real page turner of a book, we're delighted. We have Liz uh, Fenton joining us. We talked to her last June about her most excellent book uh, she did with her co-author, Lisa Steinke, The Good Widow. But your latest book, Girls' Night Out, is simply fantastic. Fantastic. It's so cool. Thank you. Nice to chat with you
1: again. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I love you guys.
2: Thank you so much. And we talked to you last year because I think that you and Lisa are the first time that we'd ever talked to two friends who were co, you know, co authored a book and we were fixated and kind of fascinated with that. But we won't get, (laughs) we won't get derailed with that conversation this time because this book, Girls Night Out, is so good, and I just think women will love it, so if you give people a quick setup of the story.
1: Okay, great, and I'm so glad you liked it. So, Girls' Night Out is about three best friends who go to Tulum, Mexico. They've been friends for a long time. Two of them actually run a business together, and they're quite popular on social media. So, they head down to Tulum um, for a lot of different reasons. Things haven't been going that well between them. And uh, one of them goes missing their last night there. So The book is told in three timelines, the night she goes missing, before the night she goes missing, and after the night she goes missing as they search for her.
0: This is a new thing because we read a lot of books, um, Liz, and that Lori and I are both loving how you're telling it in those three different timelines from the three different women.
2: Yeah, it's, thank you. It, the That's, layers it adds to that. You know,
0: we've seen a lot of back and forth and different things by different. Uh, you know, throwing the baton to each other, but yeah. it's just kind of it's so good well
2: and i think you know the i themes. was yeah i think i i was reading this i was getting a blowout this morning and my hairdresser's like oh what is this book about and i said well it's a friendship between these three women of 20 years yeah and they go on vacation and one of them goes missing she goes i love it already you know and right. because it seems like so many people do have an experience where you are like
1: three the three thumb friendship Right, right, and you know, our experience, I mean, there's Lisa and I, but there's also two other friends we've had for over 25 years, mm-hmm. and so like, you know, sometimes it's a triangle, and sometimes alliances change, and there's a lot of, like, complexities within those, like, multi-woman relationships that mm-hmm. we've really wanted to explore, and then I'll also explore the complexities of being best friends with someone and also running a business with them, which is basically what Lisa and I do as well.
0: So do Lori and I, yeah. and we're sister-in-laws. Yeah. Oh, gosh, you
1: have even another layer.
2: (laughs) We do. We do. Well, it made us because, you know, the whole thing with the blow brush. You know, Julia and I invented these nipple enhancers and we got them on Sex in the City (laughs) and we made the whole world talk about nipples and we kept waiting for a big company. To buy us, but instead the big companies just kept ripping us off because it takes so damn long to get a patent. But we got a radio oh, talk show. I remember show. those. Yeah. I
1: remember those from the show. You guys invented those? Yes, yes and we
2: wrote we got that on Sex in the City. Cindy Schubert told us later it was the only outside of the writer's room to make it on the show. And Julia was like a real crack CEO and she kept yelling at me because I was being lazy and doing nothing. <laughs> and she That's said what Lisa does to me. So. Yeah. And she's like, What what are you gonna do? And I I'm going to get it on Sex in the City. And, you know, it did end up working out. But our big win was getting a radio show, I think, was what we wanted at the end. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So this Mm -hmm. is your fifth book, Girls
0: Night Out. Writing with Lisa Steinke. And and something, you know, we were reading about it, and you kind of said it's Girls Night Out, Liz Fenton and Lisa Steinke, um, that this book kind of pushed your relationship, your writing relationship, your friendship in ways that you said scared and intrigued you. Can you share?
1: Yeah, so definitely, um, it it was a really difficult edit process. I I think when you take three narratives and you take three timelines, um, it's got to be really, really tight. And I think, you know, in our first draft, we just didn't really quite hit it. So we ended up, in the edit process with our publisher, we wrote the book about four times. And during that, process we kind of began to fall apart. Um, you know, because though we we're alike, we're really different and most of our rewrites had been quite easy. So we never really had to deal with the things that make us really different. And I think those rewrites really brought it out in us and we really got to the point where we're like, do we still want to write together? Should we still write together? I hope and you say I hope the answer is yes. It is okay. actually we did, we had a he- we went to New not long story short we went to New Orleans um, for something with our literary agency and we had an enormous blow up there um, and we had bad hair because it was really humid yes and, um, and so we really we had to come back and really um, dig deep to get the book finished mm-hmm. and then you know be like where are we at and it actually has made us so much better and stronger and. We actually get along almost too good now. Usually we kind of bicker a little bit because right. we're like sisters, and now yeah. we don't eat. We're like, no, you take it. No, you go. Yeah. Um, but we, we figured out a lot of things, and I think there was a lot of things that kind of sit below the surface, and you guys probably understand that, mm-hmm. because of that family relationship and the friendship and the business. Right. There's a lot of scar tissue there that sometimes when you it needs to be cleared. You need yes. someone to come in and clear out all that scar tissue, so you can start over again. And the women in this book, Girls' Night Out, not really able to do that and you see the effects of what that happens on their relationship. Right. And that's
0: different, I think, because I was expecting um both Lori and I are about two thirds the way through um the book. Loving it, loving it. Um but i was expecting them to be you know it, to be happy and to do some different things yeah. than they're doing but,
2: but there's there are all these different things going on and in the i the setting in Tulum and i think the other thing too that's that that's really en- oh, enjoyable about the book no but i'm just saying that Anyone who's gone on a girls trip, one of the things, I don't care what age you are, if you're going out of the country with the girls and the girls trip is there's going to be drinking, you do have to be careful. Oh, and, right! And nothing makes you more mad than the girl on the girls' trip. I don't care if it's in the state or outside the country, who like drags guys into the girls' oh, trip. I just had this happen right. to me on a trip. Lori came back from a trip and she so was so mad. mad at this one girlfriend <laughs> who I've known for a long time who let these guys, ro- they were
1: encroached on our trip for like 48 hours. <laughs> we were we were getting all so you mad. You were livid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really annoying and we thought we thought, you know, Ashley does that in the book and we thought, you know, she makes a lot of things about herself. Yes. And and so by pulling Marco in again she's she's craving that attention and she's you know, making things about her when maybe she should be concentrating on her friendship. Yeah.
2: But I mean, they broke girl code right away by separating, right. yep. and that shows you how fractured kind of things were with them. Because the one thing that you got it, you can't ever leave your girlfriend behind. Because if you do, it's usually just something disaster. Absolutely, it's going to happen. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Liz, Liz, I, this,
0: I is, this yeah. is just such a fun book. Um, I want to ask you something about Girls' Night Out. Um, I, first of all, love that it comes out in trade paperback right away.
2: <laughs> Julia always loves that. I hate those heavy she compliments
0: yeah. every author I that do. has the good sense not to publish <laughs> in a hardback. I can't stand reading the hardbacks. I mean, I love... The, yeah, I we love, love being paperback.
1: It's, I, ma- it's more accessible for everybody.
0: It is. And you got Mary Kupta um, to write on, you know, a chilling page, Turner, full of secrets. There are secrets, but I do want to go back to you and Liz cuz i you described it as sometimes relationships that have been for so long and you're so entwined in so many different layers that you had to get rid of some scar tissue Mhm. Um do you did you find something out about yourself that you just were shocked like that the other person thought about you? Yeah, I mean I think
1: I think it's it's kind of that and kind of not that. I think in a sense, like, we kind of, like, I know, like, the things about me that bug Lisa and I think vice versa. Right. I- and so I think sometimes you get really sensitive about those things. So you're really ready to be defensive. Like, you know, she's very detail-oriented and um, <laughs> really, really type A. And I tend to be a little big picture and maybe, you know, a little more relaxed. And so she's sensitive about me thinking she's like that, and vice versa. Yeah, the other way, and I and I think so. I think it's learning to accept who you are, and and be like, that's okay that she thinks that because that's who I am, and but I'm all these other things too, and having your friend also tell you you are these things, and this, that's amazing about you too because you know, of all these strengths. And so I think sometimes, like, you can be, especially when you're friends with someone for a long time, like, you have to remember to tell them why you like them. And I think sometimes when you're in these business relationships, you're just bickering and you're, you know, this and that, and you forget to just be like, hey, I like you, and these are the things I like about you, and I'm sorry. Um, And so we just really had to get to that point. I mean, it was really a renewal yeah Uh, for
2: us well i'm wondering now with the characters of ashley and natalie who are in the blow me brush business you know they've made the great invention (laughs) i love it that you call it blow me i know (laughs) know. it's such a a great name but it does really like i feel like even just writing those the storyline could have even just um you know brought some stuff up to the surface up to the surface that actually helped though in your storytelling from their perspectives
1: Yeah, I mean, life definitely was imitating art. And what's really interesting is when we went to New Orleans, as I mentioned before, we basically, we were fighting horribly. And Mm -hmm. um, I tried to fly home a day early. I couldn't get a flight. I mean, we felt trapped. And we had been... The whole time our editor has been like, I'm just not feeling it with these girls and fighting on the trip. So we go home from New Orleans and we absolutely nail the edit. And our editor sends us this letter and she says, I can really feel the desperation of these women wanting to get away from each other and how much they hate each other. And I was like, Yeah, you're welcome. Now we hate each other too. But um, it was a very interesting process because life was imitating art um, and we've heard from a lot of early reviewers that they really can feel that angst and yes. that it, it, the reality is and people because Lisa and I have been friends for so long and want Instagram they want everything to be perfect between us but I don't think we're doing anybody a service by acting like our friendship's perfect because long term friendships like marriages they're a lot of hard work Pretty sure that's JLo And P.S., the person behind all of this is
2: Chris Jenner,
1: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
2: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
1: Their friendship's not enough because Lisa and I have, like, really good hair on Instagram. And so we wanted to make <laughs> sure people so knew. That's so great.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's hard work. Lori and I have really good nipples, and people are always jealous. I know, right? You guys
1: do have amazing nipples.
0: Listen, we're with Liz Fenton. Uh, She co-wrote the book, Girls' Night Out, with her friend and writing partner, Lisa Steinke. We have to ask you,
1: Liz, what's the last great book you read? Oh, I just finished a book called Baby Teeth, and I can't pronounce her name. It's like Zoji. Yes. it. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I, about a little- I just
2: Go got it. It's one of the buzziest books of the summer. Julie, will never read it because it's a cross between the omen oh. and something you got, else. You
0: just got it yesterday. Yeah, called oh, Baby yeah. Teeth.
2: She's not doing interviews, so I don't know if she doesn't. Uh, I was told she's oh. very she's very shy,
1: shy. so she doesn't oh, like doing it Is it really dark? <laughs> No, it's not. I mean, okay. I think the one thing that makes it creepy is just the seven-year-old. Is uh, it? It goes between two narratives between a mom and her seven-year-old, and okay. the seven-year-old's like a sociopath. Oh yeah. my gosh! It's not scary. I don't watch horror movies. Okay. I've never watched omen and I devoured it. Okay, I don't think it's scary. I think it's more like, what the hell is this little girl gonna do? Yeah, and you're dying. It's a very. I think it I'll be curious. I loved it. Um... Some people, because she just does a really good job with the little girl's narrative, in my opinion. Okay. Um, You guys should read it. Okay, well, we're going to read it, and
2: we're recommending people read Girls' Night Out. So good. It is a thrilling, Mm -hmm. suspenseful page-turner, and we absolutely love it, and we'll always keep our... um, ears and eyes out for your next book whenever it comes out next summer, which is what I'm thinking. Thank
0: you. Thanks, Liz. we am so appreciative for all your support.
1: So thank you
2: so much. Oh, oh you're so welcome. You write good books on. Yeah. <laughs>
1: all, right, all right,
2: listen, we'll be right back. It, it really it's does. Just, I'm feeling yeah. it. Mm, feeling
0: so it. So we, Liz Fenton, she was good. Girls' um, night out. It's a big. Is. It's a good read. I, Lori,
2: we're savoring it. It's I, so good. I, I wanted. I, I was just like, I just want to read this in one sitting. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay, so uh, last night I'm watching with. Casey, my mom, she had her friend Ginger, who my mom has known since they were five, since kindergarten. Oh
0: my gosh. And isn't she, that
2: cute? She doesn't live very far right. uh, from my house. So she came over for a little barbecue. My mom headed back to Seattle today. She had to get back to the dogs. Oh, She's yeah. She's like, Trixie and I dance to Elvis every day. She hasn't danced for a week. She's <laughs> going to be wondering what's going on. Her poodle gets up on her hind legs. And my mom takes her by the paws, and they dance. They dance, and I don't know. I, it's sweet and funny. And then sometimes I say, "Mom, do you let the neighbors? Do the neighbors know you're doing this? I don't even care if they see me and they're dancing oh, with my poodle. Absolutely not. It my sounds, mom is shrinking, it, and the dog looks taller. You, exactly. <laughs> and, and what joy! Yeah. So anyway, she's like, "I got to get home." But we're. It was like at nine o'clock, and I said, "Well, let's just watch this." Showtime show because I had DVR'd it. Um, okay, who is America? The Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay, and of course, duh. The reason why there was no publicity about the show even being made is because it's all filmed. It was all done incognito, very much yeah, of like how yeah. he did, you know, with Borat. Which yeah. I would right. say, or even when he was at the Ali G show on HBO, yeah. where he was always getting. Real people to believe in whatever sort of oh. things he was coming up with. He's brilliant. And why we even heard about it was he, he spoofed Sarah Palin. He got Sarah Palin to participate in something and, and she was she... very upset about it and, and went on different things and was complaining and explaining about it. But it did bring eyeballs and earballs to the movie, to the uh-huh. Showtime series. Um, because like the first week he had a million, there was a million, which for Showtime is huge. Well, especially since... Showtime is such a small... Compared to HBO. Yes. Yeah, with the yes. number of subscribers. Right. So a million is considered a hit, and they'll be able to sell it to Netflix. And I, we wanted to see it because I was like, what is this show about? So it's a half-hour show. Okay. And in character, he tries to get... Sacha real, Yeah, real people playing different... He's got different... He's an Israeli... Uh, anti-terrorism expert another time in this one thing he did with kareen olympios from the bachelorette the bachelorette she was the one in the pool yeah, Paradise. Bachelor Paradise. Yes. Okay. And she was on, I forget what one guy sees him, but you know, she was a real character. He he dressed up as like it looked like Johnny Versace meets Carl Lagerfeld. Oh, wow. <laughs> with a thick Italian accent and talks her in to think that she is sponsoring and going to do a PSA for sponsoring toy soldiers or child soldiers in a country in Africa and she does this whole thing a psa looking in the camera you too for 2990 you could instead of this boy just having a stick and Going to stop. School. he could get a, a magazine of AK. Stop. Oh no! And she's looking; she's just looking so pretty. And I'm thinking, is she in the running for the dumbest reality star ever? Wow! Because you can think of how many people pitch. He tried to do something, a trick on Ted Koppel. What did he try to do on him? Ted Koppel wasn't having it. That was okay. a very short interview. Right. He did an armchair interview with Dick Cheney, complimenting him on all the wars he started and which one was his favorite.
1: <laughs> yes, so Dick signed a, a water waterboarding board. Well,
2: it, no, it was just a water jug and a towel. Oh, is that what it was? Yes, and he said, oh, I've never been asked to sign a water jug. Was, first... was he in person, Dick yes, Cheney? Oh, yes. my
0: God. But does he know it's Sasha Baron Cohen? No, no. Oh, my gosh. And then
2: there was another uh, Bernie Sanders, the very first one. He was trying to explain <laughs> socialism and not. Numbers and it was head scratchingly hysterical because, in this weird way, the way his character was explaining to Bernie sander I was like, Okay, yeah, I can see why this, yeah, yeah, Bernie, explain that. You know, it was just, it's kind of turning everything upside down. But the coup de grace in the second episode, because there's only been two. And what is it called again? It's called Who is America? Okay. And it is making fun of, of all everybody. sides. Yep. Okay, Okay. And also, you know, the whole thing with the Corinne Olympios, you know, the fact that she sat and did a PSA about sponsoring toy soldiers and then a photo shoot showing off her bomb wear with cleavage. Stop. Oh, no. It was just incredible. So in the second episode, the very last segment is this GOP um, lawmaker, Georgia State Representative Jason Spencer, who... He announced his resignation now because this is oh, terrible. Well, no, he was, he, he, he was, it was disgraceful. So it was about how can you tell someone in a burqa if they're a terrorist or not? Okay, well, first of all, you know... He- it's, Sasha Baron Cohen was like, okay, we've just somebody up and you put a selfie camera under their thing to see. And then he showed them photos. I mean, it was, and then, and then he told them, I'm going to show you a thing that we're doing like in whatever country he's pretending from, how you can make a terrorist run away from you or a bad guy with a gun. You pull down your pants, run backwards and say, America's coming to get you. (laughs) Get away, my butt, my butt, my butt, my butt is good. It was, we were... All
0: right, I might have to watch that one. I might have to watch that one because it sounds so silly, but I feel bad, of course, I'm going to feel bad that someone has to resign. But Julia, you can't be that dumb I and guess. be in I'm Congress. So, I, I guess you well, can. I'm I mean, I'm this so is gullible. a way.
2: This is a way of cleaning out people that have no business representing anybody. Oh, but Lori, there. No, really. <laughs> if you saw it, all right. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch it. He even He's said. Too. He even gave an interview. This GOP lawmaker gave an interview to the Atlanta Journal Constitution. He said, "Showtime exploited my state of mind." For notoriety. He is a nut, nutty, nut, nut. And they wanted to get rid of him because of his very. Everyone. Out, okay. Yeah, everyone. So he's got a big reputation for contours. So it was so easy to take advantage. All right, we got to go. We'll be back.